So welcome to Podcast 7. We're outside Barbara Fleming's house, also known as Babs. And you can follow us on the Podbean app. Um, just type in the Inspirational Runner. Very simple. Allows you to download the podcast onto your phone. You can listen to them on your long run or out in the garden or just looking for a bit of motivation lying back in the chair. I don't think Bab needs any introduction. Most people know her um, through the World Major stage. Um, we're going to listen to that when we go in here. I'm really interested to find out what drives her, what keeps her going, where she's heading to. Um, she's very goal-driven. She likes to go where people haven't been before. Um, she drags her husband around with her everywhere. Alan, he's a gentleman himself. And I'm just really looking forward to getting in and having a chat. They only live two miles from my house, so <clears throat> just down the road. This is a handy podcast for me. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. Just before we go in... This week is brought to you by Newry Merchant Half Marathon, which takes place on the 27th of May, which is next Sunday. If you haven't registered, get online quick. It's nearly um, sold out. Real flat course. There is a competition on the Inspirational Runner Facebook page at the minute. Giveaway, which I think ends this evening. So I look forward to seeing who's won that. Okay, then let's see what Barbara's got to say for herself. This should be interesting. So, Babs. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me into your home, <laughs> a whole two miles away from my house. Um, so, this year is a special occasion for you. It is, yeah. Um, do you want to tell me about it? Yeah, turning 50 in October, but before that, um, next month, I've been on 10 years. Um, so, um, I'm hopefully on my way to achieving my goal of getting my 20th marathon before I'm 50. Brilliant. So, you've been running 10 years. Yeah. Um, so, what was it? back then that made you draw that line in the sand which allowed you then to sort of recolour your life's experiences? Well, it had been, I'd been <coughs> ill for a couple of years and it took me a while just to recover from that and Alan had started running and he took me out one day and ran five miles. I remember running around our lake, you know, and like, which was probably about three quarters of a mile or something and being wrecked. And then one day he said, come with me, ran five miles, and I ate for like a week. That was it. Brilliant. Then I thought, I feel so good, <coughs> I was coming home from work stressed. We were going out and there was smelling all the smells and hearing all the sounds. Mm. And, I, and that was it. I just then, if we're going three miles or five miles or six miles, this is five mile loop rounds, we're done all the time. And then that was it. I thought, right, okay, sign up for a race. And that's it. So what was your first race that you signed up for? Oh, so then it's going 10k was the very first one. Yeah. So you're going back to it then, 10 years later. Yeah. Um, do you remember what time you got then? Surely it's all sitting here, Robbie. How sad am I? <laughs> oh, yeah. brilliant. Here somewhere. So I have every, every race from the very first. Oh, wow, you're a good one. <laughs> every race, every number, every time. Where is it now? I just like to vouch for that. She <laughs> has every single race and every number <laughs> here. It's a big four. Here it is. That's fine. There it is. So I have. No, that's it there. More books. She's actually got four books here with all her numbers. That's even a sky jump. Ten miles of Belfast Marathon. So the first one. Here we go. 21st of June. And I ran one hour three minutes. Brilliant. I wanted to run under the hour, but I didn't. So I'm back the next year because I was going to run under. So that the was hour. brilliant. So that was um, sponsored by 
Tesco 10K, was it? Yeah, 2008, yeah. Um, in 2008, and the first one was Ennis Gillen, 10K. So you're the first person on the podcast that has completed all world major marathons. Yeah. Um, that's been interviewed. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to take an opportunity now to sort of dive into that sort of journey and that experience. And where did it start? So the six, what are the six world major marathons? Because not everybody's going to know that. London, Berlin, Boston, Chicago, New York, and Tokyo. Brilliant. So your first one then? So the first one was where I met you. <laughs> it was London, where we all headed off to the hospital for a group of 35. But before that, for a few years, I'd wanted my journey just didn't start at 10 mm. years. For about three years, I ran 10Ks, five miles, etc. Then 2011, I think I started half marathons. Always wanted to do a marathon. So I thought, I didn't get nothing on 17 or 18 miles on a Saturday or Sunday morning. God, imagine nothing fit to drink wine on the Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. night. <laughs> so you'd have to run those sort of things. But um, friend Phyllis, her husband, kept on saying, well, if you could do the half marathon, of course, you can do a marathon. So I seen this advertisement for the hospital where they people to run. I picked up the phone and I ran and paid the deposit. I didn't tell anybody. I thought, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Not with that then, there's no going back. Brilliant. And that's then where we all met when we started. And that was London, that was 2014? 2014, yeah. Was it? Um, so you were running, how many years were you running then? I was running six years. So you were running six years. Yeah. And so before that then, before you've become the person you are now, and we'll, we'll talk about that more, more um, you were like a 5k, 10k runner and you sort of ventured into the half marathon then. And you know, you really had that limits of what you could and couldn't do back then, which wasn't that long ago, four or five years ago, you were sort of in that, in that place. I'm just sort of trying to set a yeah, picture no, 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 of yeah. where, where we're actually going to now. So you done London. Did you know of the World Major Marathons? Yeah, so, so when I was in London, that's when I learned Oxford. And thought, oh, this is, and I applied for um, Berlin, and I'd go a place in Berlin. Okay. Um, so done Berlin. Applied for was it, was that was that because um, you done Berlin because of you knew about the majors or you just was no. nothing to do then? I don't know. I just no. I, want, I decided there and then that I wanted okay. this is something I wanted to do. So tell tell me. I want to talk about each one of the races and the experience of each of the races as we, as we go through them. Mm. So you ran London for the first time in two thousand fourteen. Um, so how was that? What was the experience like? Uh-huh. The whole thing, uh, the train, like the train was hard because it was a really wet, windy mm-hmm. winter, and like the first twenty miles, oh god! After fourteen, I ached. I thought I'm never going to do this, but kept going, kept going. Um, I know everybody kept saying to me it was going to be a brilliant weekend, and from the day, from the time we got on the bus till we came home mm-hmm. again, it was a brilliant weekend. It was the whole, you know, the whole friendship, the people you'd met. The atmosphere of the mm-hmm. race, the encouragement, just everything, and the carnival atmosphere that London is like it's just mm-hmm. something you'll never forget. You know, you never forget. And crossing a finish line, and the feeling that I had, and I was on a high for ten days. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like it was a drug. I mean, I hardly slept. Somebody said how I was. I was grinning from ear to ear. How did you do? I was grinning. It was just. I can, I can actually feel yeah. back in my neck, sort of tingling, talking about that even get onto the bus and talk to all the people and take me back to those places. It's one of the things, when I came to the end, I was like, 
that's not the end of that, is it? Because that's that's one of the best parts of it, obviously, isn't it? Yeah. And what about? Um, so you you've taken something away from each one of them. What was it you would have taken away from London? Is it the crowds? Is it the the cause? Or yeah, so you're running with your name because it's one of the ones that is everybody wears their name sort of thing, and everybody's calling your name. <coughs> you don't get that anywhere like you get in London. Yeah. And you know, if I'm running with a T-shirt with my name on it, and some of the smaller marathons, people are sort of you're looking at you, you're thinking, show you, see you, whatever, while in London everybody has your name. So I was only running a couple of hundred metres and there was everybody shouting Babs, <laughs> you know, and that went on right till the very end. And mm-hmm. at mile 24, I'd stopped and hip was sore and was stretching and there was this three, three people were standing drinking Prosecco and they were going, do you want a drink Babs? And I go, want a drink? I love a drink. I have a <laughs> bottle of that in the fridge. And I'm going to drink it as soon as I finish. And they says, well, what are you doing standing here? Get on, get that finished. And then roared at me, come on, Bob, you can do it. I never met these people before in my life. Never mm-hmm. meet them again. That's all it took for me to pick myself up and away and go, go and finish again. That was brilliant. How did you feel when you crossed the line then? So it was the first time you finished the marathon. I actually sort of hyperventilated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, catch myself on here. You just finished the marathon. And I went over and stretched and sat in the corner and thinking, I can't believe I've done this. Even sort of from mile 20 on, I got a wee bit emotional, realising mm-hmm. I'm at 20 miles here, I'm 22, I'm going to finish this. And then I knew my sister was there, and then the other sister came over to visit, or it was a surprise visit, one scene then, it was just tears below her. Brilliant. And it was just pride that I had set myself this goal. I had run, just run 26.2 miles. Something six years before, I never thought I would ever. Mm-hmm. And if you think what that has given you, that was that was an amazing story, and I really enjoyed it. And if you think if you've never entered that running scene, or Alan hadn't never taken you out running, you would never have experienced. Uh, no, I would never have met the people, seen <coughs> the places, raised mm-hmm. the money for good causes, heard the stories. You know, just to have that whole self achievement. Because yeah. in life in general, we're very good at putting ourselves down. Yeah. And when you start achieving things like that, yeah, you, you know, can't tell. I run against myself to try to better myself. You, you see these here. Yeah. Well, if I've done in the scum 10k and I'm going out to do it again, I'll go back and I'll check what time I run and I want to beat that. Even if it's only by a second or 10 seconds, I want to beat the last run I done there. So a fabulous drive you have. So I'm competing against myself as such, just wanting to yeah. get better. Well, it doesn't always happen. We, you know yourself on the mm-hmm. day anything can happen. But that's it. It's just a matter of looking back and thinking, oh, look, I don't have to I'll go into the day I'll try and better. And, and it's different, different for everybody. For me, um, growth is living life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As I grow, no matter what I'm doing, and you're learning all the time, whether it's running, whether it's being a father or whatever it is, it's actually when you're moving forward, you feel like you're actually living life. Yeah. Um, so 2014, that was in April time, is it? Yeah. That's in April. Um, so when was Berlin then? Was, yeah, that, was, was that your very next marathon then? No. I took a mad notion and thought that the morning way sounded lovely. <laughs> I'm still traumatised from it. <laughs> Mountains are made for hiking. So I, I didn't even know that was only your second. I didn't even know that was your first way, marathon. Morning way was my second marathon. Mm-hmm. But I'd done it and that was down to the day she, she got me around it. It was and a dirty day that day, was it? It was the start, but then it ended up a lovely day. Um, but it was just the uneven terrain, just really played havoc with my pelvis, my IT band went and mm-hmm. stuff and all. But I kept stopping at the stop, stretching, 
And the devil said, we'll go to the next one. And that happened. And as soon as we came to the trail, flew home. Brilliant. You know, yes, I enjoyed it. Yes, it was tough. But no, I'm not be rushing back to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's, a, that's a 26.2 mile um, mountain run. Yeah. You know, so for those who don't know, the Monway Marathon. So we just decided to jump in on that on the path to Berlin. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So it was Berlin in 2014? Yeah. Okay. Um, and how did that go then? Berlin went very so, well. That was so now you've got a bit of experience. Yeah, no, it was well. And then my friend Brian, who's um, been diagnosed with cancer, um, Brian had always wanted to run Berlin. And he'd always wanted to run a sub four. And uh, I went and I'd done the training. and. Again, a lovely group of people I went with, and was feeling good, and actually stuck with two two pacers, so sort of stuck with one was away ahead, and the other one was back. Stuck with them. We're still running without a watch at this stage, mm -hmm. and stuck with them. And then as we got on in the game, I got in front of that pacer and got up behind the other one, and then said, "Are you going strong? They're going ahead." And on, and when I came in, I didn't wasn't hundred percent sure, but I knew. And when I came in, I was up four. It was like. I can't believe I've done that. I remember you saying to me, you said in London, Barbara, I know you've got, mm -hmm. you've done that, I know you've got it for you. And it's those sort of wee things that, mm -hmm. that are really encouraging and, and really help you think, well, if they believe I can, they can do it, I can do this. So yes, and it, 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 it took me a while to get through till Phyllis and Brian, and because it was, the phones were down, and then eventually sent a message and got through, and they were sitting at, at home watching me obviously on the screen yeah. and uh, they'd said we're so proud we knew you could do it. <coughs> I was standing there, tears flowing because I'd done it. Mm -hmm. Their your encouragement, their encouragement helped me achieve this goal that I never thought I would get up for. It's a very elite club, this up for I think it took me maybe three or four marathons to do it. And I I don't know if this is true or not, but someone tells me it's like only twenty five percent of the marathon runners have actually broke. Yeah, I think for a lady as well, I think the average is like 420, 430 yeah, in London. Yeah, 424, isn't it? The there, I think it's yeah, the average so, for. And when you, it doesn't sound much, but it's actually a minute a mile. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot, as you know. Um, so Berlin was amazing, it's a great course, it's a great, great place. Yeah. And um, people are beautiful yeah. in Berlin as well. So that was 2014. Um, did you run? So it was just three marathons that year. No, I didn't have <laughs> So after, after so six fun. years of not running a marathon, I, I don't know if I could do this. So, okay, let's do Dublin yeah. as well and make it four <laughs> in the first year. Everybody else was doing this. I thought, thanks, good, let's yeah. do it. And D Dublin's actually my favourite race. It so is. It is, is, so. is what they say. It is. Everyone was in a different atmosphere, but it's true what they say. It's the friendly marathon. You're always with somebody, there's always somebody mm. talking to you, there's always somebody beside the road cheering you on. It is the friend, uh, it is a friendly Yeah, friendly. I think you're 100% there. It's not just the crowds, it's the actual marathon runners yeah. themselves as well. Yeah. And you're never on your own, no. really. In some marathons, you can just run and just like, people are apart of yeah. the whole way. Yeah, it's a lonely no, thing. Yeah, but no, yeah. there's always so many people around you, and they'll soon pick you up and take you along with them and encourage you. Brilliant. So you've got two marathons in the bag for the World Majors now in your first year running and you've been a bit greedy by running four marathons and um, that trend sort of follows a little bit but perhaps I think. 
So in 2015. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. This isn't about me, by the way. <laughs> 2015 then. Um, so what happened that year then? 2015, I had applied for a bit. People had met in Berlin and were applying for Boston, so I applied for Boston and got the last place for Cancer Focus. We done well. Uh, um, hard to get in. Yeah. And that's then whenever I done the running seminar as one of the fundraisers. Oh yeah, very good. Something that so tell me a bit about that. Yes, yeah. I wanted to do something different. You know, there were so many. You know, I find you go to the race unless you're away for a weekend. to get there. You don't have time to talk to people. Everybody's rushing off home or whatever. And there's so many people you've encouraged me and inspired mm. me. There's other people I know who've been the same on you. You know, gaming all them. They're all those those wee words, those wee things mm. that they say just inspire and encourage you. Um, at that stage, Paddy was my therapist. I had met Gary. That's Paddy Hilton. Paddy Hilton, yes, and he, like, Paddy's fantastic yeah. brother himself. Um, Gary Hamlin, yeah. You know, so I started to see these, and I thought, right, okay, it'd be interesting if I could get these people to come together mm. and do this. So a few messages, yeah, messages Jerry Duffy. And <laughs> he said yes, you know, but these people were saying yes, and I thought, okay. Let's do mm-hmm. this. So we set a, set a date, and I remember Jerry saying to me, he was, this is all about phone or email. I don't know, he gives you four weeks, it doesn't give you much time. And I go, not a problem to me. <laughs> you That's can come. Yeah. <laughs> so he did. He, he, they, all, they all said they would come. And it was, like, it was, a, great, it was a great night. Everybody mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, Alan had only run one half marathon before that. And that was it. That gave him. To go, he wanted to go back again and he started training for his half, another half marathon again. People were going home on the run home. <laughs> you know, people were setting goals mm-hmm. for the next day. You know, there was ultras set that night. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of seeds sown. And it just yeah. was amazing just to take the banter mm-hmm. there was between the electric guy and Paddy. You know, them talking about overtraining, you know, as well as training, mm-hmm. giving the tips, sharing me things. And just, as Jerry said, and it's something that will always stick with me. We don't have to, we get to run. Mm. It's our choice. Every day, every mile is a gift. You know, it really is. Because it was Jerry Duffy's book, Who Dares Runs, actually started me actually running. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to read. I wanted to do a few things that I always put on the back boiler. And <coughs> um, so I just wanted to one day, just pure randomly, because I want to start reading. I only ever read two or three books. I just happened to pick up his books, I thought, well, I'd like to do a bit of running because I was overweight at the time. And that, <coughs> that book changed my course of direction altogether, and I just got hungry for it. So I can very relate to Jerry Duffy's story. He's got a picture in the book, and I've got a horrific picture as well with a belly hanging out at OM. So we're not talking about that. We all, we not all have those pictures, or we all have those moments yeah. in life where something happens and it shocks us into something's got to change, something's got to give. I mean, I suffered after my after it was ill, like I suffered anxiety and panic attacks and after my surgery and stuff and all and so running saved me yeah. both mentally and physically. It really did. And it, it just it really opened up the world again to me. Mm. You know, I would always describe it as I would take time now to smell the rules. Yeah, I understand. So I'm sure there's there's mo- loads of people out there are gonna be able to relate to that because there's so many people running has given that gift to them as well. And it's about trying to stay in the present moment, isn't it, really? Yeah. When, you, when you've talked about smelling the roses. 
um, <clears throat> Dylan opened the door yesterday, my son, he's only 10, like, he said, come here, daddy, and I went to the back door and he goes, it sounds like a zoo, it's brilliant. I thought that is a, a gift you don't want to lose, which yeah. people lose through yeah, life. Yeah, because we are, we are you know? go too fast and always say, you know, you know wise up, you know, smell the roses. Yeah. That's in one way, but I remember when I was first running and going out after work, coming home from work stressed, probably running with fists clenched, ended up with knots in the shoulder. Because, but you were out there, you were taking your stress out on the road, but you were running along, I remember smelling the honeysuckle. Mm. Yeah, all the different smells, and even still, if I smell honeysuckle, it takes me back to 10 years ago when I was just starting to run, and those wee things. Just, I tried, I don't run with music, I tried it once, I didn't like it, I just like to yeah. take everything in around me. It's our, it's our natural environment. Yeah. You know, we are part of nature. We are nature, we're animals from nature. And what you're talking about there, I find, is just, you feel so good because you're actually reconnecting yourself yeah. with outside and that's why people feel good when they go to the top of the mountain and they look down and they don't usually do that but modern day um, society sort of hurts us into this comfort fast zone based. and it's a comfort zone fast you know it's all fast food it's all this it's all electronics there's so many things taking your attention that you actually you just become disconnected altogether <clears throat> but running sort of brings that back to you the things you're talking about there sort of you know, it sort of resonates with me as well. That's exactly why I would run. So Boston in 2015, that's in the end of the year, October. Boston was... 2015. Was April again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you think I would know that? Yeah, you just think you're, I just swam it. <laughs> <laughs> just swam it, right. Um, so that was in April. Yeah, okay, so that was time. good. You give yourself like four or five months recovery, yeah. not. I trained well. <laughs> but I trained well. I did. I took a month off. I used to take a good month off. I did. Then starting to train again. Trained well for it. A lot of hill training. First time in America. You know, first time I'd ever travelled that far. A great group of people I was going with as well. And uh, whatever we got, we had really bad weather. Like you, I think we had an inch and a half of rain. These are a couple. But it was, I just loved it. Absolutely mm. loved it. Didn't mind the hills. Never stopped once. I remember sort of getting it tough on a hill and a guy roaring at me, come on, work those arms, work those arms. You want this, you work those arms. <laughs> and I did, I went on the PB in Boston. You had a great run Yeah, Boston, I had a great run, yeah. And, and okay, so, and what was it you would take from Boston then that was different than the other majors? The course was point to point, and it seemed like point to point. <laughs> for some reason it was hilly it was just again the, the history mm. the history it is it's the oldest market in the world it's the first one I've ever run in you know um, Heartbreak Hill you know so uh, how, the, how did that run around the lake come, come to this yeah do you know what I mean it's yeah. like wow <laughs> yeah I'm mm. running on the other side of the world you know well not the other side of the world but like I'm in mm. America I would ne- if I hadn't been running I would never have been in America you know, I didn't travel much when I was younger, and this whole world was opening up to me. Yeah, this is quite an amazing story, like, I've known you for quite a while, like, since the, the marathon. I didn't actually realise when you were doing that, this was, that's the first time you were in America, yeah. or London was your first marathon. Yeah. So, so, so I decided, I decided to like America, so I went three times that year. Yeah, you got greedy <laughs> then, all of a sudden, I was like, right, I'm doing this, and you know what, I'm going to be the first to do this, yeah. and I was like, I'm... Um, what do you call that? Well, it applied for Chicago, so we got a place. Uh, so, brilliant. Okay. And then I was going to. That's October, is it? That was, a, that was October. Yeah. 
So I had London, Berlin, Boston, Chicago. New York was coming up pretty close. But I knew if... Did you come home at all? Or did you stay no, 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 I came home. She'd have, she'd have, she'd have stayed. <laughs> Mightn't have been as jet lag. would have been a wreck <laughs> for New York. <laughs> um, but as I say, whenever I was going, I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do Tokyo. And I knew I was going to do it. I my name down for that. But I knew if I was going to wait till the following November, I'd have to wait till the following November, like mm-hmm. from February to November to do the next one. So I sat and said to Alan, and I said, you know, if I do this in November, it would mean I'm going to be the first woman in Northern Ireland. And he mm-hmm. says, well, just go for it. And I did. That was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Signed up. Paid the money, raised money, and went. You were there. It was a brilliant time. Yeah. So Chicago first, though. Because um, you stayed in a hostel in Chicago, yeah, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I remember. And, you, and Chicago is one of the easier ones to get into, isn't yeah, it? Uh, yeah, Chicago and Berlin were probably two of these. Chicago was, I couldn't believe it got a place like. Yeah, because Berlin's really difficult now. I think now, yeah, now people are applying now. Because even when I was in Tokyo <coughs> three years ago, at that stage, Martin had said the applications had like, mm. just, we're just flying up for Berlin because it was the ease of tra- travel. You know, the good course as well, you know, yeah. so the interest in it had. So, yeah. yes, it's probably a lot harder to get into now. They're all a lot. And what, what about Chicago then? How did you find it? I find that I think, well, at that stage, I was, I was tired. I found the course, a lot of corners, the bridges, and it was 26 degrees. Yeah. So, yeah, that was tough. It's a bit gamble yeah. when you go to America, isn't it? Because it, it can yeah. be. Five degrees or it could be 30 degrees. 26 degrees and 28, it was very warm, it was extremely warm. Oh, yeah. I'd be better and cold and I'd be in warm. Oh, but yeah. I still enjoyed it, it was a lovely course, you know, the ease mm. of the start, the ease of the finish. It was the first marathon you know, I'd been in where I didn't, because I was sort of worried at the end, you know, where am I, how am I going to get back? Where is it? It's me here. But I was had to lie on the ground, put my feet up, have a beer, walk back to yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? That, that is... And you're comfortable doing it on your own because it's yeah. just right across the road. Yeah, so, so you didn't. And then, I mean, the hostel I was staying, like, because <coughs> we've got the place, so we've got the place and the flight and we went with Martin, um, the entry and all for about £700, pounds, you know, so... That was brilliant. And the, the hostel was brilliant because you got, you had, it's like, £120 pounds for, I don't know, four nights or four or five nights or something, and then you got your breakfast. And you got a pasta meal the night before, and you got discounts and all the um, tourist attractions mm-hmm. as well. And Brilliant. the kind of people I met, yeah, because it was very relaxed and played pool and all the rest. And the kind of people that you met from all around the world, just in that. And but sometimes were, it was were the many people running the marathon, though. And yeah, the majority of people in the hostel mm. were running the marathon. Very good. And what was that hostel called? The E E. Hostel just straight across the road from Grant Park. Okay, I think it's E2. I think it's E2. It was definitely the New York. So, me and you went together yes. in New York. Yeah, New York was great. It was a fun trip. Somewhere in the world that I'd never wanted to go, but Marathon Run took me there and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Fantastic city. Noisy, but fantastic. Taxi horns going flat out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great weekend, like, wasn't oh, it? Was it was fine. The weather was great. You know, we went on our trip, you know, the trip, the trips afterwards when you go to see parts of the city and all, when mm-hmm. you're walking along the river, when you're being done for the year. <laughs> you know, and then we went to Brooklyn Bridge, because my daughter's yeah. Brooklyn, so you have to just go to take that picture. Um, just 
seeing the sights that you've seen on TV all your life, thinking, oh my God, I'm here, you know? And then, uh, then, then going to ground zero. And that was very emotional. I cried as soon as I went there, mm-hmm. you know? But again, if I hadn't been marathon running, I wouldn't have been there, because I said it wasn't one of those places in the world, but New York is something I'll go back to. You always wasted on me. Like you took us to the Brooklyn Bridge. I never knew the Brooklyn Bridge. I was like, "What is this bridge? Is that the bridge?" <laughs> that was just the start of the bridge. And we walked around the corner. Oh, that's Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> and at the end of the race, I m- remember the Delmo Boom saying, oh, and you see that going through the Bronx?" I was thinking to myself, "There's the Bronx in New York. I don't know where, where I was running." <laughs> so it's all wasted on me. But I have to admit, that it was an exciting place to be. Like, so. yeah, definitely was. And and the same as well. So. And again, it was a great group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, like John, remember John? John spent his time with us. You yeah, know, we were right. feet to be the fries. <laughs> um, feet to be the fries in Guinness. Food and drink of athletes. Strange, but I was walking with some guy in Boston. And I was like, you know, you're definitely familiar. Huh. And he goes, yeah, I think um, I was with you in New York. Yeah, I because I wouldn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> For, for certain reasons, it was a very good weekend. So New York is, is a very vibrant city, isn't it? Like yeah, it doesn't sleep. Like there's no doubt about it. But there's such variety, and as you go on out, you like the river and all the rest. Beautiful, like it really is. So that leaves you then to the last one, Tokyo, which is a different planet altogether. So tell me about that. What was your experience like there? Alan's coming with me for this one. He had never, you know, because of our work, he never got to go. It wasn't just fit to get the guy this weekend, so it all signed up. We were going to make a holiday trip and we were there. Um, so again, there was a nice group of people going, and you quite a few of them were going. And uh, so off we headed. Alan mm. didn't, live, didn't even know how long the flight was. <laughs> Safe or not, no. Yeah. Um, but now we landed in Tokyo. You don't know what to expect when you go there, you know, again. Here I was in Tokyo, that's the other side of the world. Um, but the city was amazing. It was the total opposite of New York. You know, exactly. every, everybody is so disciplined. You know, nobody jaywalks. <laughs> when it comes to standing in the queue at the <laughs> traffic lights, everybody stands behind the pavement and yeah. they line and they all walk in when the lights change. You know, it was just amazing culture. They're so hospitable, they're respectful. so respectful. You know, and then before I went then I had been contacted to ask could I attend the ceremony. So mm. I knew this was going I knew I was going to get a medal, but I didn't know until I landed at the expo that this was a six star medal. Okay. And that was the first time it was being presented, isn't it? That right? was the first ever, yeah. Mm. So myself and myself like idea were chosen to and I had a film crew following me so the whole weekend. So it was like and we went to the breakfast run, which again is just brilliant it is a friendship run. We had the most fantastic, we were playing drums, we were, you know, the um, ones we were with, they had like different badges and flags and stuff and also mm. they were handing the, the tricolours and all the rest to all the other different nationalities because they wanted to run with the Irish, you know, which yeah. is a great idea, you know, so they had different hassles in their hair, the bobbles, they had flags and the rest, so they were swapping things. So again, another really great group of people, Emer and Colette, yeah. and all the way Colette's a legend herself. They're brilliant people to be with. That run was a great, great atmosphere. But on that morning, I was standing and Colette was going, get off the phone, <coughs> Barbara, go off the phone. I got him waiting on the phone crew. And she laughed. <laughs> the next minute, this guy, he laughs. 
with the cameras and she's going, I thought you were only joking. <laughs> so they filmed it that morning and then filmed afterwards, filmed me afterwards and Dave afterwards and then Ken filmed us at the start of the marathon and then obviously afterwards. Brilliant. So that just made it all yeah. even more, you know. Like it's surreal then when all that was happening. When you're standing on the stage beside these elite athletes who shake hands with you and say, well done, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was standing, yeah, standing, being presented with the first ever medal, six star medal mm. was just brilliant. Just brilliant. Alan was a more emotional than me, so it was. <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. And it's a, it's a great journey when you think about where you came from before yeah. you started running and the obstacles that you had to overcome, yeah. and that that's to come from there to Superwoman. <laughs> yeah, well, we're say but yeah, you know what I mean. You achieve yeah. things that you would never like. Put it this way: if somebody showed you that video, yeah, ten years before when you were going to that first run around the lake, look, this is what you're going to become. Yeah. You'd just be like, oh, how the hell's that ever going to yeah. happen? Like, wow, I'd love that, but there's well, no like, way. Because yeah, I know when I go back on this camera day, I'll probably be a bit emotional to think that mm -hmm. when I went and lined up that race and Alan ran with me, stayed with me, that I would be, I would have run. Travelled the world, ran so many thousand miles, mm. and even for a 20th marathon, never in the month of could I ever. There's something about Tokyo as well, isn't there? When you're, people say to me, "What, what are the world majors?" I, I normally leave it last, and Tokyo. This is a big wild factor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And when you were when you were training for it, I love telling people. Yeah. <laughs> because what 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 marathon you do next? Um, Tokyo. What? Yeah. Such a wild, isn't yeah, it? Like it it's, is, yeah. it's a great wild factor. Where have it? you been? And they say, "What's Ireland? Tokyo? You've been to Tokyo? Yeah." And again, you were sort of thinking because they're so reserved and disciplined. You thought <coughs> this is going to be boring, you know. But I had put my name Barbara in Japanese. Yeah. Obviously, my top and the guys the support was just amazing. They're, they're such happy people, even though yeah. they're so respectful. Yeah. And a lot of countries could learn from that. So oh, yeah. we ran Belfast Marathon there was two weeks ago. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. And um I actually thought about Tokyo when I was running that because the balls were everywhere. Yeah. And th this is a I would say it's the most you know, there was no spitting, there was no your rubbish. There's not one bit of rubbish. Not one bit of rubbish. There was so. no it's just the respect that's been yes. ingrained into them, that's what yeah. it is. But they they're that but respectful. You respect, you know, you respect Mm -hmm. That and you do the same on the day. You know, I was running along holding the jail things until it came to the yeah, bag. And you don't, you don't throw it down. But there were so many bags, you couldn't not throw yeah. in the bag. And um, like a mile 16, I was running with a Spanish guy, and we looked down, we seen a gel packet, and we looked at each other and went, European, definitely European. <laughs> <laughs> There's another European on the course. <laughs> so, through that whole, that was a great experience and a great journey. What did you learn about yourself during that journey? I was capable of a lot more than what I thought I was. Yeah, and I was probably only tipping the iceberg. I you know, capable of more. Knew if I set a goal and really worked and believed in myself, but yeah, if they say if you believe, you'll achieve. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. And if you could go back to your younger self, what, what one thing would you say to them? So say if you could go back to when you were like, I'm not going to mention me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. to your tw 20 years of age. Yeah, you know, life catches up with things happen, don't mm. you? You know, um, I was, you know, I, I just horrible disease called endometriosis. It wouldn't have been possible. Mm. Anyway, I was so 
suitability would have been impossible to run with some kind of a dope or piano or whatever. Um, so maybe I could have managed it better if, mm. if I had been running or knew what, know what I know now, I probably could have managed my disease better. What would I say to myself? It may not be to my do with running, self, like, yeah, no. it may not be to do with running, but just yeah, what you've learned. What I've learned today. about myself and my body and how if you look after yourself, you can, mm. how food heals and you, you can oh, heal yeah. yourself with food, um, and what you put in and how it affects your performance. Yes, if I know that now, what I did um, 20 something years ago, I know I probably could have managed my disease and pain maybe better. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, that's, that's nice, that was part of mm-hmm. my story. You know. Because you think you, doctors are doctors, you believe what they so say. Much, yeah. you think they're and gods, you're not told not. anything about, um, you know. Like food is either the best medicine or the worst poison. Yeah. It really is that. Yeah. And I think it's something I've found through the path as well. And what I've learned is that nobody knows anything. Yeah. Doctors, you know, they're not physios, they're not nutritionists. Oh, yeah. yeah, years ago I always would have believed that you sort of you were brought up and you thought doctors were gold, but then a few things thing. happened and they and mm. I challenged doctors and challenged the beliefs and they don't know everything. They don't always get it right. Um and that's a that's a key learning that a lot of people haven't really yeah. reached into on how important food and nutrition is yeah. to the body. Well, a couple of us because uh, obviously another taboo subject, the menopause, going through the menopause, has really affected my my whole digestive system. Everything sort of went up the left for a while, and then I went to see the um, nutritionist who was an American ex-athlete nutritionist, and I mean she was absolutely brilliant, and that again sort of changed. Had to change things in that obviously because of what was happening to my body, and that was like most, mostly in naturopathic diet, and that is food as medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, from that November to November 2016, then I changed, lost the body fat that I put on, healed my gut. And 2017, last year, I was still on that diet. You know, on that. It's not a diet. It's a way of life. Mm-hmm. It's just food. Using food as medicine and as fuel. And I ran better than I ran in years. I was 49 years of age and come 49 years of age and I PD'd in every discipline because I was training right. I, I was just using the food, the right food for recovery and I was fueled with the right food. Mm-hmm. So Makes all the difference. Well, definitely does, yeah. Um, so now, that's the world major done and dusted. Um, you've talked about you come to your 50th birthday now, so you set yourself a new challenge. Or is a talent challenge sort of organically grown? Yeah. And so what's that? The twenty and twenty fourth fifty. The twenty. Uh, so I'm on number one. I'm eighteen. So another one to do. Well, it's other than seventeen done, but I forgot I've done the fifty k with Prince. <laughs> um, and then so two more to do. And my twentieth one is in Cape Town. Always want to go to Cape Town. Always want to go to Africa. So I thought right, okay, picked it up. If we're gonna go somewhere in October, but our niece is getting married in October, so it doesn't fit in well. So I thought, right, Cape Town, let's go for it. So. So when's that? What date? Twenty third of September. Twenty third of September. Is that the one that they're talking about potentially being a new major? I think you're being a bit sneaky there, Babs. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new medal coming out. You're there already. Pretty <laughs> um, standard. I was thinking that. So as as part of that journey, and we talked about doing Dublin, we've done the Mormon Marathon. Um, but you also ventured to the Polar Cap. Yeah, Polar Circle, yeah. Polar Circle, sorry. And tell me about that experience. 
I was a bit dodgy done that for me, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, damn her. <laughs> that was, you know, whenever I'd looked at it, because the year before I looked at it, but I missed the place, because there's only limited places mm. and you have to obviously sign up pretty quick. But I put myself on a waiting list, and in the, this is in October, in the September, he emailed me to say there was a place, but it was only giving me four weeks. It was quite a bit of money, and I wasn't quite mm. ready for it. So I thought, no, definitely next year. So as soon as it opened, the name down, deposit paid, and just work towards it. Many the time I looked at the video and I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? Look at this, no, I've got rain hours, how am I going to survive? But I thought, no, again, run, look at this, when are you ever going to get the chance to do this again? To run on a nice camp. So we got, got the right gear and went again for a lovely crew of people. And again, it was a point to point. I seemed to love it. Right <laughs> Um, but that, that one wasn't even about time, that was just... How do you know what type of gear to wear? Uh, the instructions were all there, oh, and then we, we sort of messaged old people who'd run it before, mm -hmm. and we sort of... People we'd seen it were going, and we'd sort of messaging each other. And then like, one of the girls was, was an ultra-runner, and she had been in different places running in the mountains and stuff, and also she was saying what gear she has, so more was better to overpack than underpack. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff I didn't need or use because the temperatures weren't as low, but yeah. st I still had the proper spikes, which were a safe, you know, like, you couldn't run without them. <laughs> so you were about to run, fly, jump on the ice cap because you had the right gear. Very oh, brilliant. And how did you train for that? You can't really train for that. No, well, do, I, I did, um, I trained, you know me, I run in shorts and a vest the whole year round if I can. I've never seen right, okay. if, if I have a pair of leggings on, I'd just phone to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. I got Mary Quinn was good enough because she's always in the mountains to lend me some of her gear. So I went out and was running with ones and I was wearing the leggings. I was wearing the lumber socks. I was wearing the thermal top and the coat. Because I had to get used to being yeah. too wrapped up, you know, and all the rest. So there was days I was out and it was like, and I was going through having a hot flush, all this gear on at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I was still doing the long runs to get used to that. What yeah, temperature was in the pool or so? On the ice cap was minus eight. It's a pool, like yeah. <laughs> but then when you came back, it was end of minus two. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't as bad. It's usually about minus ten. So it wasn't the cold what it was. But yeah. The, the ice cap was just something <coughs> else. It really was. You know, I was like a child in my roller disc, just jumping about, thinking, oh, never again will I have to do this. Like where I am. Mm -hmm. you know, Eighty percent of the island covered nice, you know. Right. And again. What you learned the culture, the culture there again as well, the Inuits, you know, they believe in, in they live in the day, they don't believe in the past because that is the past, mm. and they don't worry about tomorrow because it hasn't happened. Brilliant. They live in, in the present, in the present, which is a great way to be. Mm. Why worry about the past or tomorrow because it hasn't happened? So you, you, you know, you have to learn and respect those cultures. And again, mm. a lovely group of people. I've been so lucky to travel with. And uh, met those people again, still in touch with them as well. So you have you've taken on a lot of influences and learning from people. Yeah. And that's what life's about. Yeah. Life's about experiencing new things and experiencing people and learning from other people. Um, it's one of the reasons why I've created this podcast to try and bottle that from people. So yeah. the stories, an amazing story. Well, and hope. It's like we tips and things of it. You know, I remember going on a 20 mile run, this mm -hmm. first 20 mile run with you, and you and Anya saying, Oh, that's great, it's done really well. That's brilliant. You know, did they just say that to me? Oh, I can't do this. 
you know, and we tips along the way, we were saying, mm-hmm. oh, carry this, go that, try this. Mm-hmm. All those wee things that just help make it easier. That's it. And you have to find what fits for you. Yeah. Um, I've got a saying, that's what I use now, and it's just listen to everybody before known. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, in essence, is it. Because yeah. you just, you have to find out what's right for you, but yeah. everybody's got all these wee tips. And there's something there for you, you know, so I think that's a good one. Like just um, listen to everybody but follow nobody. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's your marathon sort of journey. Um, you've also, so next week, Monday 27th, is the Newry Merchant Half Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, you were a pacer in June and you came in just on the, was it, what, what time was it, two hours, ten minutes? Yeah, 1.55, 1.55, So you came in about a minute before the time, um, and that's quite a difficult course now. So <coughs> running half marathons isn't something new to you, so you did, last year you came, you won, you were second in your category in the six half marathons yeah, series. Yeah, So you've some good success there as well. And that drive that you have, you've talked about, about continuing to improve yourself, you're always fighting to do that, like, um, really comes across. So, <coughs> how do you find pacing? I've been, uh, the first time I done it was nearly a few years ago when I was asked, I was really, I was worried about it, you know, I was no, but I love the new Newry course. Mm-hmm. I prefer probably the old one to this one, but the course this year I loved it well. I PB'd in it just after London in 2014. Um, Start club that's running it as well, like, yeah. you know. So you have to be there, you have to support, and and so big say like when big ask you, you can't say no. Um. So the first time I done it, it was worried, and every time you do it, you learn. You learn what to do. You yeah. to encourage people. You know mm-hmm. how you're going to manage it. Run it your your way. Tell people how you're going to run it. So no, I'm looking forward to it. Because it's like, very rewarding. It is. It is. It really is. Like at the end, you know, like people. We you know, I back shout at him, come on, come on, his legs aren't working now. Yes, they are, you know, roaring at it, come on, come on. He's got yeah. it, got him, got him, and all the people are coming saying to you. So, I think the one that the last time on here was 150. Probably ran back on a couple of guys, come on, come mm-hmm. on, and then roaring, I'm going to be sick, just shut up, and you'll be sick afterwards, come on, run on. Yeah, I would run, I would run up the same bath, come and shout at me. <laughs> But it is just that last bit going, guys, come on, stick with me, stick with me here, we're nearly there. Hold on, we're going to pick it up. Or, mm. you know, so it's my, my two favourite races, um, one is Dublin, because I duel with Dublin every year. Mm. It, it's one more than I've won, so it has. But I always learn a lot on that race. Um, and then the other one is June, just for giving back. Yeah. And I just find it so rewarding. Um, to be able to give back to the people and the pressure is not on me well the pressure is on you as a pacer obviously yeah. <coughs> um, but the satisfaction that you get yeah when somebody comes or gives you hope just one, again, when it takes one person yeah. one person do you know what I mean and, and just well, in sorry, essence I remember running years ago like I've done every single one but I remember Aidan used to be the pacer you know and Aidan was brilliant you know, I remember at the end, you know, going on ahead of Aidan and then coming back to him and saying, thanks very much, Aidan. He says, you done the work. Mm-hmm. You know, but it didn't. You know, he was there and you were in that wee pack. And there's the wee words, you know, shake out, shake, shake out your arms going down the hill. All those wee things just to do that. To preoccupy just, your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And like, one trick I do when I'm pacing, um, I tell the team, when somebody, see when everybody's overtaking us, 
I said, when we, when we cast them again, you will actually draw all their energy and power <laughs> and they will have nothing left and that's why they give further behind. Yeah. But I make them all make the noise and, oh, and pull the energy out of them. <laughs> and they're like, some people look at me and think I'm totally crazy when everybody just knows. Everyone else knows I'm totally crazy. So. But it's those sort of things that just sort of keeps that together and I can, you can enjoy the run. Yeah. And, but when you're there on your own and you're trying to, because the pace is a very important job, yeah. <coughs> because you're trying to take somebody just past their comfort zone, they, you know, they, you may or may not be able to do this, this is, and they just rely on you so much, yeah. it's such an important job. Well, like last year we were running <coughs> with, he was running Terence, I think was case in 145, and I remember after I had PB in Barcelona, I had done a uh, half marathon, and it was in memory of Andy, it wasn't long after Andy had died. And I really give it my all and a PB got one forty six. I remember Messi's and Dermot Dermot Winters, who's an excellent pacer just like you are. And uh, Dermot messaged me back one forty five in the area barber. <laughs> Straight eights. I messaged him back two uh, a week after starting, I don't think so. But that was planted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. You know, so when it came to lining up at the start of nearly half hour than last year. Left in behind the 145. And a fantastic run and came in at 143. And um, Jack, I think he's Lithuanian, I've met him in a couple of runs. And Jack stuck with me and at the end he was struggling and I go, come roaring at him, come on, come on. We've picked this up, we're ahead of the 145, come on, come on. And he came in, they came in together. And sprinted to finish. He was just so delighted. And he hugged me, I couldn't believe it, I couldn't do it, done without you, Barbie, you kept me going, you shouted at me. <laughs> and again, Pips, he followed me the whole way, stuck with me, he ended up beating me. Because <laughs> he sprinted at the end, mm. you know, so I like to see him at a run, he likes to see me. And he knows if he's struggling a bit, I'll stick with Barbara or whatever, and he always just shout at me in a run. <laughs> so it's those wee things, you know, when somebody recognises you, where you've, somebody has helped me. Those wee words that planted that seed and encouraged me to go mm-hmm. for it. And the same sort of thing when you're running along and you can just say, come on, you can do this, we're nearly there, come on, pick it up, dig deep, away you go. It just shows how much of a mental game it is. Oh, it is, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's not what pe- other people tell us that puts limits on us. It's really what we tell ourselves that yeah. puts the limits on, you know, so. And um, you've done a bit of cross-country as well, you just sort of dabbled yeah. in that. <laughs> um, and my 40th birthday, I ran cross-country at school. Didn't we all run it when all my family ran it? Um, so I thought, was that last that winter past, the winter before, I thought I was going to go, I would go, go back to it. So on my 40th birthday, I put on a pair of spikes again for the first time in 30 something years. I was no good at it, but I loved it. And I think it really stayed by me then for the, the year 2007, the, the yeah. following season. It definitely stayed by it, it definitely helped me. Yeah. No, I'm going to be doing it myself this winter. No, definitely back this well. year, just the way well, it just wasn't, didn't work out. Um, that sort of tightness and my hip and stuff and all that. And I've been racing right up there in November, so I needed to rest December into January. And it just didn't work out for me. But no, I'm definitely back at it. I love it. Okay. So you're very much a goal setter. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's going to be a number of people listening to this podcast. What message would you give to them? Set yourself a goal, write it down, and you'll achieve it. 
Just as simple as that. Keep it yep. as basic and yep. as simple as that. Yep. Don't, it doesn't have to be the biggest, you know, set mm -hmm. something to start with that's reachable or within your reach. It's a wee bit, you know, like, as I say, I didn't think I could run a marathon, but I set <coughs> myself that goal and worked hard towards it and I got it. I always said I would run one. I never thought I would. I didn't say I would only run one. I never thought I would run 20. I haven't got there yet, but I'm almost there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very, set yourself the goal, but write it down. Yeah. That's Jerry Duffy says, write it down. And I do tend to, you know, as long as I say, right, I'm going to do this. <coughs> this year, I have a couple of wee niggles, so still one race to pick where to go. But because I'm going to Cape Town, I have to sort of mm -hmm. be realistic. Like, you have to fund these things where I'm going to go and get flights. So I like to go somewhere, a different country. So I've run all, all my marathons have been a different marathon. I like to go to a different country. So I like to go somewhere where I can jump on a plane and it's not mm. doesn't cost the earth like but you can still oh. experience it. <laughs> <laughs> you can still experience different cultures, have a good weekend, see the world when you're there. So mm. looking at currency if we can sort it out right for flights. It's another current and it's running right around the island. I've seen, seen you publicising that last year, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping someday somebody will invite me and say, come, come, I'm here for free. So brilliant. Um, so that's a great message to give to everybody is, you know, think of a goal, write it down and you will achieve it. Believe it and you'll achieve it. You know. You have to believe it. From my own experience, and it's funny you mentioned Jerry Duffy there, um, when I read his book, um, I got a piece of paper at the end of that book and I wrote down on it. I'm going to swim across Carlingford Lock. I'm going to cycle from a to Dublin. I'm going to run a Dublin marathon. At that time, I couldn't even run two miles. I couldn't swim and I didn't run a bike. I put it in, in an envelope and I put the date on it, which is three years. But I looked to see what day the marathon was on and I put the date on it. <coughs> so that night came and it was the weirdest experience. It was a life-changing thing for me because I was standing on the shores of the lock and I was like, wow, like I was 17 stone when I wrote that, I couldn't even swim. And about 100 yards before I come to the finish line of Dublin, I just burst into tears like a big Jesse. <laughs> because when I crossed that line, I was going to become that person that I had written on that piece of paper three years ago. And here I was now, 12 and a half stone, well toned. And when you see it, if you can see it, yeah. and you can vision what that goal is going to be. And if you write that down, you've already created that yeah. in this space. Yeah. All you now have to do is do the work to get there. Yeah. And it definitely you happens. You see when you're running along tomorrow, suddenly you know it's going well, and you're just thinking, or maybe you're starting to struggle a little bit, and you think, no, no, you can do this, you can do this. Trends there, you're still feeling good. Imagine the feeling you're going to get to ring Alan, mm. or ring your coach, and say, I just done that. <laughs> And that's what keeps you going. Mm. I was off that last time at the end or something, all the rest. Like, but it's all to my game. It's really turning all those things into positives, and just because there's so much, really there's so much negative images that your body and mind is taken, or your mind is taken on social media, on TV, um, just general life. And um, <clears throat> when I was doing the race of stones. About mile 45, this guy came up to me, well, how are you getting on? Oh, it's terrible, my best thought. What are you talking about? She not it great to be alive. Look at the hills and the sky. And he really left a mark on me because I want to be that person. But the reason why I was talking that way is because everybody that I've 
come across with was talking that way and I just followed them then I said oh this is from walking like zombies now and he made me feel like it was great to be alive so I thought to myself for the rest of this race I want to be that person giving that energy to people and uh, there's just so much negativity yeah. that we absorb which makes us self-doubt ourselves I think and so by creating a structure and a process of goal setting yeah you can absolutely achieve anything. Yeah. You can do You're anything. Probably not even working so like. No, no one near it. No one near it. No one near it. No one near it. Maybe forty times I would say most yeah. probably what yeah. you could really achieve. Yeah. And there are amazing people in the world that actually demonstrate and show that. The gosh, yeah. yes, and you're running. I remember running along the marathon. This guy had a t-shirt on him, and on the back of the t-shirt it said, "I remember complaining about my feet being sore until I met a guy who had none." Yeah. Brilliant. I, I know this woman one time as well, like, and um, she had her obstacles and wanted to come over. And she went on to actually complete all of the world major marathons. And she was the first woman to get the world major marathon. And that obviously was a real inspirational person. Um, a good friend of mine as well. Her name's Babs. <laughs> so, Babs, thanks very much. Robbie, thank that, you. That was amazing. I'm going to really enjoy listening to that. Those words that you planted in my head in 2014, yourself and all you know, those people said mm. to me, Barbara, that was a great one, Barbara, you done well. Barbara, you said, what did you do, 413, you've got a four in you. Mm. That's all it takes. Those little words, just to say it's somebody to encourage them. And it, it really just drives them and encourages them. And so many people I have met saying, oh, you're brilliant, you're brilliant, I can't run. But everybody can run. Yeah. Everybody runs before you walk. And if I only encourage six people in life to get off the couch and go out there, and I know I've already encouraged inspired people. I've got friends who've run. I've had friends mm -hmm. who've messaged me and said, Barbara, I'm telling you, please don't tell anybody else. I'm doing a marathon. Can you advise me? Can you give me a few tips? And I've done that for a few friends. And that's just lovely for somebody mm -hmm. to turn to you. Because I turned to people. I took out advice. Find what works it's for me. infectious. Yeah. And it's great to see the boom that's happening. Yeah. That's, never, yeah. that's not going to go back. No. That Whenever Ron and I first came here, eight years ago, we were the only ones running the roads here. <laughs> we had the roads ourselves. It's um, only within the last year that you go out around the road, the crab feed, you get people from the caravan mm -hmm. parks running at the weekends, you get all the people from the town. Yourselves. It's, it's such a community. Yeah. I'd be surprised. I'd be sitting thinking, well, there's. There's like attracting those Lorraine and Malcolm them and then the, you know, the, the home. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, that's true. And everybody's encouraging everybody. Nobody's putting anybody down. They're encouraging, mm -hmm. they're building them up. It's brilliant. And it really is. And I'm looking forward to and I hope that a lot of you are going to be there and on the scan because I'll just be so proud that I took that first step uh, 10 years later that I met so many people. Mm -hmm. and that, 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 You're very emotional. So I don't know how many races you have here. Like <laughs> I do have a record of all my halves and fulls, but um, I I'd say you're the only person I know yes, has right. this. And look, at, even right what the weather is like on the day. Very good. <laughs> that was my first ten mile run, of course. I I started doing it on in PDF format of its excellent, and then I missed like twenty races, so <laughs> I never went back. But really good to have this and go back. Yeah, no, I, I do like looking back at it. And all the say, hopefully in the years to come, I'll just have to bring some on my knee and show them what I've achieved. I have a Christmas tree that I mm -hmm. take every Christmas. 
And I actually enjoy putting those medals on because it sort of just reminds you of each yeah. of those little experiences, you know. So, Bob, thank you very much. Thank you for thank having you, me. Thanks. It was an excellent um, podcast. Really enjoyed doing it. It's fantastic. Thank you for considering it. Cheers.